Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department. Let's see more. occasion and it is uh, a great pleasure for me uh, to have here as my guest today, you know him obviously, uh, John O'Mahony. Over the years I suppose for Galway football fans, um, what happened 25 years ago, would you believe now, um, was just so exceptional for Galway football. For the first time in 32 years, I hope it's not another 32, but it's getting there very rapidly and all that kind of crack. Uh, but John, it's fantastic to see you. Um, thank you for joining us. I suppose, do you know, it's, it's a kind of a, um, an odd thing, if you like, in the sense that a Mayo man in charge of Galway to win two All-Irelands and kind of championships and so on, kind of, you know, how, how did that react in your own mind, let's say? Well, I suppose, I'm not sure whether I'm on here, but uh, management was my game. Am I? Sorry. Sorry for this, folks. Uh, for once, for my hand, he's been shot at, shot down. <laughs> So this one's going into the PA. This is uh, this is not this day. Yeah. But if you can share that mic, yeah, sure, of course you can. Yeah. Um, I was saying to John that uh, how he felt at the time of taking over Galway at that particular period, because I suppose John, neither Galway nor Mayo had been particularly successful, obviously, in in the previous years. Yes, Michael, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here as well, back in, in, in Galway. I, 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 uh, I had seven wonderful years here managing the team, and I suppose I might have left, but Galway hasn't left me, so, and I, I uh, take pleasure in seeing them on the rise again, Michael. But yes, I suppose I played football from Mayo, was my county, I was the last, and where I was born was the last house in Mayo on the Mayo's common border. So there was plenty, I know about all the rivalries, and I suppose that's what makes the GA really, your, your jersey and your colour and your whatever. And I remember as a schoolboy uh, attending Connacht Finals in the famous three in a row Galway era, when, whether it be in Chum or, or Pier Stadium or Castlebar, 
And I remember even as a young lad that time, you know, admiring the invincibility of Galway, if you like. And not, not, but I remember coming out of the 66 final, I think it was, was it Liam Salmon or John Keenan or someone that punched the winning point. And uh, I was crying, as young, I was crying because I said, are we ever going to win? You know, because getting to an All-Ireland semi-final that time would have been, you know, it was, Mayo hadn't been in it since 51. So little did I think down the line uh, that I would, uh, take over a great county or, or, or as it was. So I've been lucky in management in the sense that it's always your wish to manage your native county. I won two All-Irelands as an underage player but never really made it as a senior player and therefore I was in refereeing, I was secretary of my club but the G was everything that, that I was involved in and um, the next best thing to playing is managing. So I managed a, a club teams, college teams, and then was asked to do Mayo only one team in 1983. And we went on to win the All-Ireland that year, we beat Derry in a replay. I think it was the first time in All-Ireland at that stage was played in Northern Ireland. The replay was up in Irvinstown and Fermanagh. So that kind of got me onto the stage where I got the, the Mayo job when, it, when Dave O'Neill stepped down in 87. Uh, went close with Mayo because at that time, they, they, and as a result of all of that, and then obviously we had Leitrim years and all that kind of stuff, but I became an advocate, if you like, in my own head for Connacht football, because even though I'd be crying from out of Castlebar that Mayo had lost to Galway again when, by the time the All-Ireland had come that year, they, on that, they used to have the, the colour photograph of the two All-Ireland finalists on the Sunday Independent Tournament, and I had them up in my room adorning them and, and whatever. So. I, I I became frustrated, if you like, in my years that Connacht football was being looked down on, and you know it was especially the Dublin Kerry year and all that. So anyway, that was sowing fires in me and and uh, all of that. So to take over Galway was your native county first of all. To take over a small county like Leitrim, whose whose Connacht final win would be an all equivalent of an All Ireland win. And then to be asked to manage Galway, who at that stage hadn't ever asked an outside person to um, to manage them. But I, management at that stage was my game. I wasn't one. Mayo had been in the 96 and 97 finals. John Mohan was doing a good job there. So I wasn't needed in my native county. was contacted by, by um, the late Pat Egan yeah. um, to see if I'd be interested. And a number of clubs had nominated me and whatever, and uh, it started from there. And I, I, I would have known the talent that was in Galway, especially when I'd been with Leitrim. We we beat Galway twice in Connacht championships, and you know the tradition at that time anyway was for the either if you lost you went to the other dressing room to congratulate, or if you won to commiserate. And going in to see the Galway lads, uh, I did it twice in two years with Leitrim. And I, I suppose what was circling in my mind, that even at that stage, I hadn't said, well, I'd love to manage here or whatever, but I kind of said to myself, if you fellas could apply some of the, the efforts that I knew Leitrim did to get where they did, sure. what would it be like? Yeah. And little did I think the, the opportunity came up. And in fact, in the interview for the job, I was interviewed along with Eamon Coleman, um, 
Paul Normati Kerrigan and Val Daly were, had mm. been there and he, he was up for interview again and so on. So somebody one of the questions in the one of the questions in the interview was um, why should we appoint a Mayo man? Just what you <laughs> what you've said there. And someone else told him, keep quiet there. And I, when I think of it now, I gave a I gave a, an answer which uh, which I maybe cringe a little bit. I said, I presume it's because he wants to win another Ireland. <laughs> and uh, when I see the history, I suppose of Mayo, said that they haven't won one now over 72 years. It was a bit cheeky, but look at I had a great knowledge of. The, the veteran players that were there at the time, I felt they had huge potential and I knew through my college coaching with St. Nathan's playing Jarvis, what that famous team of 94 with Porridge Joyce, John Dibley, the Meehans, Michael Donlan, you know, a fantastic team. So I said to my wife going before, the, a couple of days before I went to the interview, I said, if I get this job, we'll win all Ireland. And yeah. uh, I didn't say it publicly or anything like that. But yeah. I, I just felt that there was something special and I suppose when I look back on it now, you have Galway or, you know, between Camogie, ladies football, hurling, they're always in the mix yeah. uh, to win things and it, that helped the culture and they don't get surprised at themselves by getting to the top table and they, it helps them, I think, to perform on the, on, on the on the big day, and I was privileged to be, if you like, as part of that. Sure. I come, I come back to you, John, in terms of talking about the talent that you mentioned there. Um, I'll do that in a moment. Uh, but first of all, just to explain your own background, because Balhadreen, where you come from, is fascinating. Because I presume I'm correct in saying the GEA club is in Mayo. Do you live in Roscommon? Well, I, I live in Valhadrine since I got married 45 years ago now, yeah. or whatever, but uh, I, as I said, I was born in the last house in, in Mayo. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, if I threw a stone across a little stream, uh, 20 or 30 yards, there was, uh, so it was a different parish, a different county, different diocese, all the rest of it. So, uh, but football was ingrained in both counties, of course, but you're... If you're one side of the wall, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, it means more, and the, the sense of place it gives you, and so on. But Balladrine, I suppose the history of Balladrine Club, as it were, is that uh, the boundary was changed, and it, it was in East Mayo in elections, and the, in Mayo, I, I, I taught geography in St. Nathan's for years, and I, I procured a map which showed Balladrine in Mayo, so I was telling them, I, I was telling them that at least at one stage it was it was in Mayo, so that's the that's the that's the the, the photograph I have up in the house uh, as, yeah, as well, yeah. you know. So, it, it, but it's great rivalry. But I mean, uh, anyway, but a long story short, the club always remained in in Mayo, um, and uh, so you know, at times it became fairly contact because we did have we'd say Noel Durkin and All Star, Dermot Flanagan and All Star. Andy Borden, Player of the Year, and all the rest of it. So it was great rivalry, but I think the great thing about sport and uh, GA is, you know, you go to Pro Park, you go to any of the venues, and you're not segregated like soccer, or there's no, while, while we, we defend our own, we won't, uh, when, the, when the show's over, you, 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 you uh, remain friends or whatever.
Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie. Doro, make friends with innovation. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's actually so important, John, uh, in terms of Gaelic games. I've, I've never quite experienced that in any sport, and I follow all sports, by the way, even though I've been associated with the GEA, obviously, down through the years, but I've been to Champions League finals, and I was in places on great nights, by the way, when Manchester United qualified for the Champions League final in 1999 with a big comeback when uh, Roy Keane was, was uh, booked and wasn't going to make the final and then inspire the team, etc. I've seen them all and I've seen all the great players in that, but um, the atmosphere, in, and you put your finger on it, uh, in Gaelic games it is just fascinating. To me, actually, uh, even though we come from a football side of the, the world, if you like. Um, to be in Thurlis, has anybody been in, in Thurlis for a Munster Hurling final? You have, very good. And you have, of course you have. <laughs> You've been everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, as you, and you put your finger on it. Like, the rivalry is so intense, and yet people can go out and have a pint together afterwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a few weeks ago, I was at the Ulster final between Armagh and, and Derry. Yeah. And like this, this is you talk about Thurlis. I was in it for big matches, but in Clonus for big matches, going up the hill with the. And nowadays, everyone is the jer the county jersey yeah. and the mingling and the, the crack and whatever. Uh, and obviously, the disappointment afterwards. I left immediately at the final whistle and came out, and it was all our mass supporters, of course, that were leaving. But there's something special about the atmosphere, and, and uh, you know, long may that continue because that's what you know. I suppose if you're inventing the GA now with the different county, you, you mightn't have the same, uh, you know, the Leitrims and the small counties with the small populations on the par with every, 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 with the bigger counties. But at the same time, it gives huge pride in your county and in your people. And you know, if you travel around the country. September, October, when the when the club championship is on in the county finals and see this colour, I, I often dreamt of flying over and watching, you know, yeah, yeah. the the activity. Like last last weekend was historical with all of the thirty two counties playing in, in the in the competition. It's it's a magnificent organisation. We do have rows with it and criticisms of it, but at the end of the day, it's it's really rooted in the community and and. and that's what's fantastic. Do you know what? I, I, I often admire the British from their time in control of this country for the crooked boundaries that they managed to divide different counties into. I had this debate, John, with, uh, you know, Mary Walsh, the, the senator, the European senator, and that very, because I was slagging her about the fact that although she's from Mayo, she's actually further south if you, if you draw a line through it in Galway. Uh, and that applies, I mean, there's parts of our man that are further south than parts of Louth and Meath and all that kind of stuff. So this, this kind of helps all this 
odd kind of rivalry, if you like. It does, it does. It absolutely does. Um, long way to continue, is all I can say. Um, to, to bring you back to a point that you were mentioning there earlier on, you talked about when you took over the Galway team and you were talking about the talent that was there at the time. As a Galway person, that wasn't obvious to us back in those days because, as I remember, John, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think the year before you took over, Galway played Tyrone in a crunch match in the league to stay out of Division 3? Yeah, well, technically, the, going into the 1998 campaign, they would have been in Division 3, but they actually, it was one of the years that they rejigged the different right, divisions. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so, I suppose, technically, they weren't. But I remember in our group on that, on that first year, we went down to play Kilkenny, uh, team. They were Kilkenny anywhere in the in division, whatever, yeah. in our division anyway. So we went down to, and, and obviously, I I never won for overconfidence, uh, but I felt going down for there just safe enough to organise a challenge for the under 31s who were playing soon as well, and we played the Michael Bannons and the Borough Joyces and the Dippies on the under 31 challenge, and we passed by. Big, is it Nolan Park? Which is the the county grounds of Kilkenny? Like, uh, no, Nolan Park, isn't it? Yeah, no. Anyway, whatever one it was, but we weren't playing there. We were playing out in the club grounds yeah, against yeah. Uh, against uh, Kilkenny, and the opposing manager came to me before the game, and he said, "Look at, welcome me and all the rest of it," but said, you might come into our lads afterwards to have a chat with them. I find it hard to get them all training. And I think actually DJ Carey was playing with them on the evening that, that we played them. But so it was. Um, so there would have been Galway didn't ex maybe hadn't expected to see that coming, but there was a real lethal cocktail, if you like, coming along, and I, I knew that. And what was great about that is the veteran players like Kevin Walsh, Sean Dupuyer, Jan Fallon, um, yeah, all of. Gary Fahey, all those lads, um, they greeted the young players that were coming through, not as a threat, but as a help. And the, the, the chemistry between those two groups, if you like, it, 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 was, it, it was the foundation to, to the success because um, I remember Kevin Walsh saying to, to Michael Donnan, I used to play with him in the middle of the field, like, Michael, you do the running and I'll organise things around here, like, you know, so it was a great, a great, it was a great spirit and it was a great, I think, it captured the team, captured the imagination of the supporters and, uh, you know, I, I think all of that helped and I suppose the recipe for winning is that everybody's on the same page and I must say, I mentioned Pat Egan earlier and all of the officers of the county board at the time, they were fully behind what the project was and, and I wanted them to be fully part of it because you, 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 you need everybody on board to win and the, the players and the county board and the supporters and all of the backroom team were very much part of, of, of the journey as it were. Yeah. The second All-Ireland John that you and Galway won, I, this was kind of fascinating because this, folks, was um, the start of the, what they call the backdoor system, the qualifying matches. 
and all that kind of stuff. But Galway got beaten in the county championship. Plus common, I think it was. Plus common, yeah. yeah. And, and then Galway had to go down to play Wicklow in Ockram. And I remember myself, John, the, the, the kind of excitement in Galway football fans of just going to some place that they've never been to before. And all, um, Jesus, Ockram is a tough place to get out of by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a, 2001 was a, we had been beaten, we got back, to, we were beaten in 99 in the Connacht final. There was no backdoor then by Mayo, but in 2000 we won the Connacht final and we beat Kildare in the semi final and lost Kerry narrowly in a replay final. So, we wanted to get back on the, the, the big stage, as it were, again, because when you have a group like that, you want to, I suppose, like Dublin over the, you know, the, this famous recent Dublin team, you know, Jim Gavin saying, you want to win as much as you can, as quickly as you can, because yeah. you, everyone knows that you're, you're passing through, as it were. So we were back, but then the foot and mouth struck, and we, we were putting train during that first time, and, got to a National League final, Mayo beat us by a point in the National League final, and then uh, we beat Legion in the first round of the county championship, it was Common came and, and Shamey O'Neill and Frankie Dolan and these lads arrived, uh, announced their arrival, and basically um, beat us well at the county semi-final, and I left the pitch that day, I didn't fully understand the back door, because I thought we, we had won our first round, and I thought it was for teams that just, so anyway, it was, it was inside in the dressing room, I realised we had a second chance, and you know, the culture of the G at that time is if you go to the championship, you're looking forward to next year rather than next week or two weeks' time, but you had to, you had to get the morale back up again, or whatever. Sure. so we, we managed to do that, but I remember on the trip to Wicklow, the confidence wasn't of the highest uh, after losing, and it was beautiful, we stopped for, pre-match for tea in the Glenlaha or at Glen, one of those places anyway, and I was hoping that I wouldn't be going back there in the holidays in the fortnight's time. But it was the start of another great journey, winning through the back door and resuscitating the, yourself as a way of And again, the nearer we got to the final, I knew that everything was back on stage. And the great thing about a team for the second All-Ireland we won was that I knew that it, within their heads, they knew they were good enough once they got to the, get over the rocky part of the season. And a week ahead of the league match, I knew that we were in great shape to, to have a cut at it, and that's the way it turned out. Sure, yeah. Um, I want to take you, John, on two separate journeys to Galway, obviously. Um, and one is the 1989 All-Ireland Final, where you were manager of, of Mayo. Um, talk me through that period because Mayo were close then and and they didn't stick with you, let's put it that bluntly. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, again, I suppose when, when I took over Mayo the first time, your, your job was safe in the county if you managed to win a county championship. Uh, but I felt that we shouldn't be apologising to the rest of the country for being second-class citizens and all of that. And I felt that we needed to push harder 
to get farther. If you like, in 88, we, we won the Connacht final with Beatrice Connacht. We met Mead in the semi-final. They were all Ireland champions. And for the first 40 minutes, we were we were being hammered, really. We were 10, 10 points down, I think, in 10 minutes in the second half. And then we started playing. Yeah. And we got within five points of them, and Eddie Gould disallowed us to have brought it down to two. And I remember coming back to the hotel that evening, with, and the, the players totally frustrated that we we just hadn't left it with wind. We hadn't left it all on the pitch, those yeah. moments. Yeah. Like, we were as fit as them, all of that. But I felt the belief systems just weren't there to, 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 to do with them. I, 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 like, I, in discussions with the team and so on, you know, we, I decided that I needed to bring in a team psychologist at the time, which was, un, I suppose, unheard of at that time. But I felt it was the key to getting the belief systems right. Mm. Uh, and um, it was actually a little a Scottish guy who worked in digital here in human resources who had a clue what football was about, but had a great clue about how to get the best. I suppose nowadays you'd call them for performance coaches or whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. name they have on them. But uh, uh, so for the following year we got, got him on board, played me again in a challenge actually in, in St. Vincent's in Dublin. We stayed over for the weekend and um, had a full meeting, a day's meeting with with, with Bill Colvin and we, we also had the famous Mick Doyle, the Irish rugby coach, who was just after winning the, the Triple Crown a few years before that. He was a brilliant kind of icebreaker to the whole thing and we set a vision of winning the All-Ireland in the night. Now we didn't tell anyone about yeah. it because if people heard, well, you have a psychologist in that say, you know, the white coats are coming out like you. It was just kept as a secret. But anyway, it, it, we talked about what were the blockages, and you know, it was amazing what the players came out with in the sense of, which I saw as brilliant, because if you have a problem, it's only if you recognize the problem that you can get a solution. We, we, we had one-to-ones and all the rest of it with, with players who, who just maybe felt that they couldn't up to this perform at their best on the, on the big stage. Sure. And we lost narrowly, but we really threw everything at it mm. in, in, the, in the final against, yeah. against Cork. And uh, at the time, the team, I suppose, was near the end of its, like those fellas were, a good number of fellas were in their early 30s. So all I was sorry for is that we hadn't got that done a bit sooner or that I hadn't been in charge a couple of years before that, that we might have pulled it off. Because I firmly believe that Mayo, if they won one All-Ireland in the last 15 years or 20 years or whatever it is, they would have won two or three. Sure. Yeah. Because they were good enough, really. And uh, I suppose that's a tribute. When I say that, I'm trying to tribute to Galway in the sense that they just they just got there and... and all of the 66 lads, I'll never forget it, in the 98 on the, on the pitch after the, you know, there were tears of joy that they were handing over the baton to young stars. And yeah. like that, you know, and that's why the Porrick Joyce's and the Kevin Walsh's who have managed Galway since, there was a connection between winners and mm. he's able to, he's able to instill, you know, what, what it takes and what, at this stage. And, you know, that's where the stage I'm at. I won't be in intercompany management again, but I love 
looking at my former players who have who have taken up the mantle now and the challenges of the modern game and all of that, you know. And and as you well know, John P. Joyce is so hugely respected in this county. Kind of, if Galway don't win the next All Ireland, it won't be his fault. That's for sure. Um, I want to take you briefly through those brilliant years with Leitrim. <laughs> because yeah. to be honest, to win an All Ireland with Galway, okay, you've got the basis of talent. Let's be honest here. For Leitrim at that time, describe to me what that was all like. It was wonderful, and and I I uh, because again, you know, we talked earlier about you're in your own county and you do your own things in your own county. Never looked, I never looked at um, going to anyone else to manage. I was asked to do it, but I was just I resigned it from Mayo in '91. I obviously then in the end of '92, Leitrim had been. They won an All Ireland B Championship, I think, and um, I was aware that PJ Carroll, who did great work there before me, yeah. had stepped down. But I was—it's gas because there was no mobile phones and things at that stage. But I was down town and I was reading the paper, and they said Eugene McGee is looks to be the one for Leitrim now at that stage. You appeared, and our Peter McGinnis here, someone else like that. When I went up to the house. Phone rang and the chairman Tony McGon, God be good to him, uh, rang and um, said to me, "Would you be interested in putting your name forward for 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 to manage Leitrim?" And I said, "Which is I'm just after reading on the paper. He had your man already, like." And uh, he mentioned Peter McGinnity then from Fermanagh as well. And anyway, he said, "Ah, but you put your name in." And I said, "Look at Tony. Do you know what you're doing now?" Find out for if if, they, if they'll do the job, and if you're stuck, come back to me. Because I hadn't even just hadn't entered my head like. Yeah. And um, then when it was back a couple of days later, he told me the job was mine and I wanted it. <laughs> there was no interview or anything like. But yeah. uh, well, I said, look, at management is what I like. I feel I have something to contribute. I said we'll go down and I met them and. Um, you know, the whole, they had his, Tony himself particularly had a, such an, an optimistic look on what could be achieved and the players and so on. If he, he, and I found this during his chairman, chairman at the time I worked with him, like if you lost a game by 10 or 15 points, he'd still, after an hour's discussion, say that it should have been won, like, or could have been won. So, and, and I said to them then, I said, look, could I meet a few of the players? Just to see if they kind of saw me as somebody who won a couple of Connacht Championships with Mayo and that I maybe helped get them over the line because they had been getting closer, in fairness. And there was a good bunch of experienced players together. So uh, I met a few of them and just they gave me the impression that they'd climbed to the top of the mountain if I asked them to. And on the way home from that thing, I said, right, we'll, we'll give this a lash. And yeah. that's, but it was a, like, it was. It was it was like managing nearly a club team. I mean, um, you, you had the population of Leitrim was um, twenty five thousand people. Now I'm in the last. This is my second year in the Salt Hill, Mark Nicara, GA Club, and uh, work with great people there. But the catchment area of the club is twenty five thousand people as well. So you know, if Leitrim could win a Connacht title, then maybe. We, 
with something had happened at Salt Lake, I hope as well. But I, I, it, it was a wonderful experience, and they fully, absolutely, the whole county was wrapped around this thing of success. And, and the fact that we won it the hard way by beating Roscommon, um, Galway, and Mayo yeah. in 94. We, we, we beat Galway actually in 93 as well. It was common caused by a couple of points um, in, in, the, in the semi final. But we kept on the project and it was wonderful now, to be honest. And, and uh, we played Mayo in the final that year in, in Hyde Park. And I must say that there was Mayo people who stayed afterwards. Usually, if you lose a game, the, the supporters they were on the fields celebrating with us afterwards. I don't think anyone could grudge Leeds from. And we had the open top bus going into Carrigan We had arranged that quietly because, again, I had my psychologist mate with me, and I felt that we were we were we were destined for a thing. Again, you couldn't tell anyone, but when the lads came down to to, um, to Clancy's up there, it was on the river. It's all apartments there now. The open pop top bus, and must be twenty or thirty thousand. More than the population of Leeds are there anyway. That's for sure. You know. Oh, look, it, it was, it, I think for everybody, folks, in Connacht or anywhere else, to see Leitrim do that, you just applauded it, you know, and well done to this man. Well done. John, I just want to talk to you finally, um, if you like, about yourself. Uh, what's life been like, you know, you're still involved, as you said, uh, in club with Salt Hill, Knock down the road here, and that you've been through a battle or two outside of sport as well. Yeah, well, I can, you, you know all about this yourself. You, 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 you went through that, and, and uh, uh, I suppose I, in, I, I, I got involved in politics then. Uh, in 2007, I was elected TD for twice, and, and I spent a term in the Senate. But all of that was finished in 2020. And I was looking forward to kind of because really for 40 years between teaching and managing and whatever else, it had been a kind of life on the fast lane. Sure. So I, I, I look forward to stepping back and enjoying and I suppose have a look at what the bucket list was or whatever, you know. But um, and it, then the pandemic hit, 20, March the 31st, 2020 was my last day in the Senate and I came home and the weather was brilliant. Uh, and the, the lockdown started, and it was an amazing time. But I did, I must have walked 25 kilometres a day around the, the roads of Balladrine that I never knew existed. Well, I mean, the, the Borheens, and the, in fact, one day out within four or five miles of the, of the, of the town, and the, uh, it was the first day I realised that the signposting in the countryside is, is, um, is, is, isn't, isn't great. I I I um, I was on the phone for a half an hour. I'd say with someone talking. I think it was actually to Martin Carney, a good friend. But um, I kept walking, and I didn't know where, and I didn't I, I didn't know the way back to Bella Dreamed. And I saw a few people walking in a bog down down the fields, and I was ashamed. I said, I can't go down and ask them. <laughs> They'll say that not only am I that I'm 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 gone. And I'm gone a bit yeah, after yeah. or whatever, so eventually I, I got home that evening anyway. But then I, I um, one day got a pain in my back, and I hadn't. 
ever had that before. I was never in hospital apart from a few broken noses football-wise down the years. And uh, didn't pay too much heed of it. Took a couple of tablets or whatever, Panadols or whatever. And it kind of gone, went away for a day or two, but it came back with, with a vengeance. Mm. And I was going to Dublin one day, and Jerry, my wife, said she'd drive me. And we have a daughter living in Monegarrel and called in, and we said, we'll rest up there for a while and head up. So I lay down, I lay down on the bed and uh, fell asleep. But I woke up and I looked at my watch, and I was 10 minutes late or 15 minutes for, I said, we kind of geared to the head most of the time, and I jumped out, and I just got a, it was like a knife sticking sure. in my back, and it was um, anyway. It it, 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 it multiplied my loma, which is cancer of the blood, uh, and got into the Galway Clinic here and UCHD Hospital, and the, the care I got you was all during COVID time was absolutely wonderful, yeah. and thankfully. Um, when, when you hear, or my vintage anyway, when you hear of cancer, you say, well, you're you think about lots of things and your life flashes in front of you. And that's what happened in my case. But, um, you know, once I sat down with Dr. Krawczyk, who was my consultant, and um, he said, look, there's plenty of things we can do here. If you came to me 20 years ago with this, you would be in trouble, but sure. there's lots of things. And, and that changed my outlook, but it, it was a shock to the system, and you, you know, you go on your life, and you think you're invincible, and you never. So it it, it brings you to your senses of family and everything. You, you just don't want to go yet, you know. Uh, but they give me great care, and thankfully, um, I'm being monitored all the time. But thankfully, all the the blood tests and all this thing are showing up okay. So hopefully, we'll be around for a few championships yet, anyway. Well, please God, we will. I, I've actually. Um, I've actually, as it turns out, been in hospital three times myself in the last fortnight. And in one occasion, the uh, consultant said to me, Who's going to win the All Ireland? And that's all he was interested in. And then, by the way, when we had that discussion, then he actually told me what was wrong with me. John O'Mahony? Legend in Mayo, Leitrim, and Galway. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much, Patrick. Good pleasure. On will phone poke a newowet, on will knappy no fum nis orjoet, nis eskalehusaj, faker na phone in tokatal gwin, on cho, egg daro, on vone kliste is dani, gidi gohon la hai glina, agus taskina, ta rod egen gogoktina, ta nismo olis egg daro.com.